hour number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where each and every Sunday night we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion heard on 20 different stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours. And each and every week we take a look, usually for at least an hour, at the race for the White House 2016. And Leah, in some ways, Mm -hmm. I think this week was as impactful uh, as any other week we've had in this campaign um, I, I have shifted my belief about where we're headed on both sides, uh, both Republican and Democratic uh, races for the nomination. And sometimes, Leah, the most impactful things that occur are things that don't happen. I know that sounds mm-hmm. counterintuitive. I, I know I've found in my own life some of the things that have been most impactful are things that could have or should have happened, which did not. Silence sometimes tells you an awful lot. And I think some of the things that did not occur at the Republican debate this week, when we look back on all this, there are going to be people who say, aha, that was the moment when what ended up happening uh, was really set in motion. I'll explain after you give us your synopsis of what occurred in the GOP debate. Well, it was just another GOP debate on Tuesday. It was the usual slugfest, but this time the contenders are really starting to pair off. Jeb Bush trying to hit Donald Trump, but ended up getting slammed again. Look, the simple fact is, if you think this is tough and you're not being treated this fairly, isn't tough and easy. imagine I wish what it's it, going to be like I dealing wish it with was always as or dealing easy with as President Xi or dealing with the, the Islamic terrorism that oh, yeah. exists. This is a tough business oh, to run for oh, president. Oh, no, you're a tough guy, Jeb. And, it's, and we need to have a leader that is pr- real principled. Tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah? your way to well, the president. Well, let's see. I'm at 42 and you're at 3. So, Doesn't so matter. far, I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. So far, I'm doing better. Now, Senator Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio also have started a head-to-head fight to the finish. This exchange had the media in a frenzy, along with establishment Republicans trying to find out whether or not Ted Cruz broke the law. We are now at a time when we need more tools, not less tools. And that tool we lost, the metadata program, was a valuable tool that we no longer have at our disposal. Senator Cruz? Well, uh, you know, I would note that, that Marco knows what he's saying isn't true. But what he knows is that the old program covered 20 to 30 percent of phone numbers to search for terrorists. The new program covers nearly 100 percent. That gives us greater ability to stop acts of terrorism. And, and he knows that, that that's the case. Dana, may I interject? Let me be very careful respond. in answering this, because I don't think national television in front of 15 million people is the place to discuss classified information. Well, they also got into it over the Gang of Eight bill and illegal immigration. And this was the last debate of the year. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Now, I actually agree that the debate was kind of boring, uh, despite the the, the dust-ups. Let me me go in order here um, of what I found to be significant. Uh, Since you mentioned and and played a clip of the Jeb versus Trump thing... um, (laughs) To me, this this encapsulates this entire crazy campaign. Now, you, you didn't play a clip, because um, I know you didn't have enough time, uh, of where Jeb has a pretty good line, where he's talking about where Trump gets his information from. And, and unfortunately, Jeb doesn't understand that very few people probably remembered what he was even referencing. But Trump had said that I get my information on military uh, issues by watching the shows. 
And and Jeb referenced that and said, I don't know if they're the Saturday morning shows or mm. the Sunday morning shows. Now, that's a great line. That if the news media had wanted to make into a big deal, they easily could have. Because it was funny and it, it was it made Trump look like a clown. Here he's getting his military information from cartoons. But none of that narrative took hold. Largely because <laughs> One, it's not, Jeb Bush. It's Jeb Bush. There's, you know, it, and it, it's all of life is like high school, right? It and, is. And there's certain people that in high school, it doesn't matter what they do or say. That's right. They're a nerd. You know, that was yep. basically. I, I I sympathize with Jeb Bush because that was me. Okay, <laughs> that was that was me. No matter what I did, no matter how right I was, no matter how well I anticipated any particular repartee, it didn't matter. I'm never going to be the cool guy. Trump, who's a bully, who knows nothing, <laughs> who knows nothing, had no idea what a nuclear triad is, not a clue. I mean, nah, I mean you know, look, a nuclear triad, big deal. Okay, but but all but here's why Jeb's attempt, while it was the best of a, of a bad set of options, isn't going to work, and has nothing to do with whether he's right or Trump is wrong. It has nothing to do with that because. Trump understands, he understands one thing better than anybody else I've ever heard of. He understands leverage. Yeah. And he understands that when you're at 41% in the polls and the other guy is at 3% or whatever it, <laughs> whatever it is, it doesn't matter what Correct. he says. Yeah. It's too late, Jeb. It if is. you wanted to destroy Trump, you had to do it. When you were at least equal with him in the polls. And he couldn't do it even then. And, he and couldn't. You had your chance. You were standing next to him at the Reagan Library. And you got clobbered. By the way, you were probably right on that. But it doesn't matter. Right and wrong. We, we no longer live in a world, if we ever did, where right and wrong, truth or lies matter. It's well, Marco Rubio destroyed him. I think Marco Rubio took oh, him down so hard that's true. he could never come back. Right, from the that, that attack that should have been aborted, which was in, insane. <laughs> right. I mean, Rubio had just knocked it out of the park, and Jeb decided to, hey, I'm going to try I'm that again. I'm going with it. Yeah, that was the dumbest, that was the single dumbest thing I've ever seen in the history of debates. But, okay, but, but the point here is that, it, that because they underestimated Trump, the monster has now grown too large to kill because now because now Jeb's Jeb's gun is now a pop gun because he's at three percent and no one's taking him seriously. Although although and this goes to the theme of the night, things are actually going so perfectly for Trump that both Jeb Bush and Chris Christie are showing a pulse in New Hampshire, which is perfect for. Donald Trump, because it blocks Marco Rubio from clearing the establishment field and exerting his dominance enough to where Christie and Jeb decide to finally get the hell out and endorse Rubio. So even even this situation, while Jeb thinks, and he finally, he'll get a little bit of credit. I, I, I'm going to be somewhat optimistic on Jeb, even he's not going to win. He will get some credit. It's only going to be a couple percentage points, but he will get some credit for being the only guy to stand up to Trump. But guess what? That's good for Trump because <laughs> Trump needs Jeb in the race. 
then the more Jeb has a pulse, the more he blocks Rubio, who's the, who's the only guy who can beat Trump. It's amazing. It's it, with me. It's just <laughs> works. You know, it's magic. It's unbelievable. And I'm telling same, you, it's meant to be. He's no, on a path. Yeah, a path. It's like he's to, being led. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Because God has decided. Yes. This is the great cruel joke of our entire existence. God <laughs> has finally decided to get off his ass and do something to help us. And he is going to help the Republicans. He they has, obviously and, can't do it themselves. He has tapped Donald Trump on the shoulder. Yes, that's the God I've been waiting for. Then, hey, let's pick it's the, not. Not about the perfect person to do it. Yes. It's the person you know that can do it. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> I cannot believe we even were discussing this. All right, more more of this insanity when we come back on the John Elias show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And this is our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, which is usually basically like everything else regarding the race for the White House, dominated by Donald Trump. Uh, This week was no exception. And Leah, I said at the beginning of the hour that sometimes the things that don't happen are actually the most impactful when you look back. Things that could have or should have occurred or almost happened that didn't happen. Okay. And I think that that was the case this week with regard to what we both, I think we both, anticipated was going to be a battle between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz at Correct. the debate. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the conventional wisdom because Trump, in the days before the debate, had just started to draw his gun the same gun that he had mowed <laughs> everybody else down with, uh, you know, Scott Walker. AK-47, right. AR-15. Right, right. You know, to, to Rick Perry and Scott Walker and Ben Carson and Jeb Bush. And he was drawing the gun, <laughs> and uh, he started, you know, just testing it out a little bit, looking at it, you know, maybe even pointing it in Ted's direction. And something very interesting happened. Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin That's right. basically told him, stop. Yep. And they came to Ted Cruz's defense. They rushed to Ted Cruz's defense. Now, interestingly, they did not rush to Scott Walker's defense Mm-mm. when he was getting attacked in what I think we'll, we will end up, in all likelihood, looking back on as the most impactful moment in this entire ordeal, uh, which was when Scott Walker got taken out. Uh, when he should have been the nominee, but but let, let let's leave that aside for the moment. So Rush and Levin, as well as some conservative commentators, you know, in the elite, uh, you know, among the the commentary uh, class there, Trump really took it on the chin on Monday, and early on Tuesday, and Trump clearly, unlike Jeb Bush in that debate decision to go after Marco Rubio after it was clearly a bad idea, Trump obviously rethought it. 
You agree with me on that, right? He, he clearly yes. he clearly rethought it, which and, really goes to show that he does belong uh, to be the nominee. Because had the Republican Party been listening to people like Rush Limbaugh, we would never be where we are now. Well. Okay, that's a separate issue for another day. But I will agree with your first point. Not that Trump should be the nominee, but that this was a sign of Trump's savant-like, at least so far, his savant-like ability to know what he can do and what he can get away with and what he can't. Yes. And And because if he had gone in to that debate and gone all guns ablaze <laughs> on Ted Cruz... <laughs> And if the conservative media had not backed him, then there was a chance. Now, we don't know this, but there was a, a, a reasonable chance that he implodes in Iowa, before Iowa. And I have said, and I will continue to say, and it's the most important thing I have to say, probably, from a strategic standpoint uh, and a prediction perspective about this entire race. It is all about Iowa for Donald Trump. If you're going to beat Donald Trump, you must, must, underline M-U-S-T, must diminish him in Iowa. If he gets past Iowa with a strong second place or first place, you can't stop him. I mean, you might be able to beat him, but he's there to the convention. And if he's there to the convention, he's dominating the convention, folks. And if he's (laughs) dominating the convention... We're done, okay? It doesn't matter. Hillary's going to be president, who, regardless of who the nominee is. So it's it's Iowa or never. And I think Trump understands this. And I think Trump looked at it and goes, okay, if I'm not going to have backup on this, if no one's got my back, and I go after Cruz, who's, who's gaining popularity in Iowa, and I drop in Iowa, the whole thing here could implode. Mm-hmm. I don't need to win Iowa. I don't need to win Iowa. I just need to be strong in Iowa, meet expectations, you know, get to at least 23, 24, 25%. And if I'm second in Iowa, that's actually a great position to be in because New Hampshire, where he's very strong, has a history of never voting for who the guy who wins Iowa. Hardly ever. New Hampshire, almost instinctually. Does not vote for the guy who wins Iowa. Ooh, and so and so won Iowa. Okay, we're going the other way. Right, exactly, because they don't. They they, they want to make sure no one runs away with this thing. And Cruz doesn't play well in Iowa to begin with. I mean, in New Hampshire to begin with, it doesn't fit him demographically. So so the reality is, Trump understood. I think I'm giving him credit here. I may, but you know what? It could just be luck. It could just be. With me, it's just works. <laughs> you know, it's magic. Right, but because with Trump, you never know. You never know. Is it just dumb luck? Is it magic? Or is it brilliance? In this case, I think discernment. He, in this case, I think he was brilliant. I think he realized what he would, what, what the dangers were, and that he did not need to do this now. And Cruz was also smart enough to understand the situation, which I'll explain when we come back on the John and Leah Show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website: www.freespeechbroadcasting.com.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. Leah, before we get back mm-hmm. to uh, our analysis there, I want to at least mention a um, potentially major news story out of Las Vegas. I don't know if you've seen this or not yet, but uh, as many as 20 pedestrians have been run down in front of a major hotel on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, no word yet on fatalities or injuries. There's some rumors online uh, that there could be terrorism, but that might be just the sign of the times that now everyone thinks anything is like this is uh, terrorist-related. Uh, but uh, Well, there's ver- apparently a woman who is the driver. Uh, they're doing a field sobriety test on her right now. All right. Well, let's well, – let's, there's no Allegedly. Good, no good outcome there, but um, let's hope that that's in fact the case. I mean, how drunk do you have to be to, to mow down 20 pedestrians? Exactly. Um, that's pretty amazing. But anyway, just regardless, a horrible story out of Las Vegas. Let's hope it's not any worse than it appears. All right, let's go back to uh, what's going on with regard to the race to the White House. First on the, the Republican side and what did not happen at the debate, because I think this is really important, all right, because – You have to think about this as everything is in paths, and if things get frozen, then certain paths, we don't go down. And it looked like we were going to go down the path of the Cruz-Trump battle. But Trump wisely, I believe, pulled the plug on that at literally the last second, and instead literally patted Cruz on the back. Yeah, Um, he loves him, you uh, know. Well... I don't know how much he loves him, um, but he, he does. He's a great guy. Yeah. I have lots of respect for him. Right now, I do. He's a yeah. nice guy. For now. Um, and interestingly, you know, there's a, a photo, you know, obviously uh, a photo is worth a thousand words. You know, when Trump went to Pat Cruz on the back, Cruz put his head down and almost bowed. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it was a very <laughs> alpha beta sort of thing. I mean, basically. You know, as Trump was establishing himself as, okay, yeah, we're buddies, but I'm the alpha, he's the beta, and we're just going to leave it at that for now because there's no need for me to rock the boat. I'm winning, and, you know, he might win Iowa, but that's not going to kill me. What would kill me is if I implode before Iowa because the conservative media suddenly starts to attack me and take the side of somebody else they like, like Ted Cruz. Now, Cruz made an interesting decision in not attacking uh, Trump for the Muslim thing. Uh, He basically took a pass on that. I believe that that would haunt him if he was ever the nominee, uh, because Hillary will use that on a loop, Uh, him taking a pass on Donald Trump on the the banning of Muslims issue. Uh, The media would, would do her dirty work for her on that. But Cruz has made a calculated decision that I'm not going to rock the boat either. I like where this is going. And here's his, here's Tr- Cruz's philosophy. And it makes a lot of sense. Because he sees that nobody, Rubio in particular, is able to force Bush and Christie and Fiorina and Kasich out of the race. Mm-hmm. So that he can have the, the establishment wing coalesce around him. So therefore, if we go through Iowa and New Hampshire with... Cruz, Trump, Trump, Cruz, which at this point, that's what the polls indicate is going to happen. Right. Then we go to South Carolina, and it's going to be Trump, Cruz again, even if Rubio is finally able to shake 
jabbing Christy and Fiorina and Kasich <laughs> off. From the, his leg. Right, exactly. From his leg, like the dogs that they are, that, <laughs> that they should be dropping out, but their egos won't let them. Should <laughs> Rubio finally be able to do that? And by the way, I'm not even certain he's going to be able to do that. But if he is able to do it, it's not gonna. It's going to be too late, mm-hmm. be, because it's going to be all about Trump and Cruz, mm-hmm. and Rubio will be coming from behind. And at best, at best under that scenario, because I've run the numbers, at best, at that scenario, if we go to a, a convention where nobody has 1,200 delegates to win, but where Rubio would be in probably third place, and there's no way to broker that convention. To keep Cruz or Trump out because they would have the majority of the delegates, and guess who's going to make a deal with each other? <laughs> Trump and Cruz. So Alpha Beta. Exactly. So, so my, I think it was actually a brilliant move on both of their parts. Although the the, the the lone flaw here, if it's a flaw, is that of course both Trump and Cruz are confident that they would beat each other in a head-to-head matchup. I don't know who wins that. Uh, I don't know who wins that matchup. Um, I, I I actually think Cruz would win it. You uh, do? I do. I, depending on who else was involved, because you're never you're not going to get two of them until way down the path here. There are too many candidates, and the and the way things are going right now, no one's dropping out. No one's going to be. No one will drop out at least until New Hampshire, because the polls that there indicate that seven candidates can still dream, even though they're delusional. Because they all need Trump to implode, and he's not going to implode because Cruz and he are in a truce. The only way he was going to implode was if he went after – see, that's what it drives me crazy, is everyone's presuming, well, you know, Trump will implode. Well, how's he going to do it? Well, he's not going to do well in Iowa. Okay, fine, I'm open to that. I actually think Iowa is very ill-suited for him. But tell me, what's the scenario where he's going to drop to, like, third place? Somebody has to do something. But no one's doing anything because well, it's the holidays, well, you know. But there, but you've got like three weeks after the holidays. What's going to happen in three weeks? I mean, and the only guy going after Trump right now is Jeb, and that's seen as desperate, and so it's not going to do anything. Let me when we come back. I, I want to make sure we have enough time to do this because this I think is really important. When we come back, I want to talk about how it is that Trump has such huge and or his yes he would say huge 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 advantages that nobody else can even dream of having and they deal with the way the news media works and the power of celebrity and the power that the ratings that Trump brings them gives him and how well he leverages it and why it's going to be so difficult to bring him down, especially if he doesn't get beat badly in Iowa. We'll do that when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the program from Birmingham, Alabama, where people care about their guns, Jesus, and college football, especially and barbecue. Yeah, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm broadcasting from just outside of Los Angeles, where people barely even care about themselves. Uh, lots to get to between now and the end of the program, which is an hour and 13 minutes from now. 
Uh, I want to finish up on the Republican side of the race for the White House 2016, because we have mentioned several times, Leah, that the parallels between Trump 2016 and Obama 2008 are striking. Yes. Um, The big difference, and I have cautioned Republicans constantly on Twitter and Facebook and, and on this program, that the big difference would come if Trump was the nominee all that magic stops on a dime immediately because the media takes over and they had a hurricane wind at Obama's back in 2008. That hurricane plus, you know, exponentially would be in Trump's face in Mm -hmm. 2016. But here's why this is, that analogy is important. One of the things that the Hillary people, much like the Jeb people, the Hillary people in 2008 were slow to understand is that once Obama got the upper hand. It was almost impossible for them to get it back. Correct. Partially because of his race, partially because of the way the news media works. Because Obama was the new guy. He was the sexy new guy, and he was bringing the ratings. He was bringing the heat. He was bringing the crowds. He was the new the future, she was the old and the past. And, and she was a nag. Right. And they, they, they were tired of the Clintons. They wanted this fresh new guy or clean new guy, as Joe Biden would say. Clean, articulate. <laughs> exactly. Clean, articulate black guy, as Joe Biden would say, <laughs> uh, which the media conveniently has forgotten. So, all right. So take that analogy to Trump. And one of the reasons why Trump is going to be so difficult to dislodge is that for instance, every time he sticks his foot in it, usually when you stick your foot in it, the problem for a Republican is you get 10 seconds in a soundbite to maybe, if they don't take it out of context, explain yourself. Because, right. because they don't want you to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Trump gets a half hour on any newscast he wants to explain. Let me see. Who can I call now? Right. Who can I call now? Right. They, they just say, go ahead. What do you want? Just take whatever airtime you need. And- oh, Trump's on the phone. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. Right, exactly. So he gets he gets to get into all the nuances, and his people eventually, no matter how crazy it is, his people will eventually go, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so 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 he is able to hold on to his support even when you know he's defending Putin for heaven's sakes. So so with that as the backdrop, that's a one huge or huge advantage, huge, huge advantage that, that Trump has that no other Republican has. The the other one is so we do the debate, and how amazing is this? You do a debate. It's two hours, whatever long. Everybody gets about, what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, if you're lucky, to talk. CNN finishes, and within less than two minutes of the end of the debate, who are they interviewing? Donald Trump! Of course. Donald Trump gets to do the commentary for his own debate! Correct. I mean, he's literally the first person that gets to speak to give commentary on what the the audience just saw. So yeah, and and then he went to the radio because you know Salem Radio carried it. So then he went to the radio. He did TV, and then he covered the radio immediately afterwards. Right. And you know what he said? He said, "Yeah, well, it was great that Ted Cruz took back what he said about me." 
<laughs> what? Facts don't matter. It's it's the it's Trump world. So so Trump gets to do Trump gets to to um, do his own commentary for his own right. debates, right? Um, which nobody else could ever dream of doing, and and then and then he gets to go on Jimmy Kimmel, which Jimmy Kimmel would never have another Republican on for two segments and give him this kind of play. But but here's what's most amazing. So so Trump is in the middle of this Muslim controversy, which mm-hmm. would be, regardless of your view of it, okay, it would be death to any other candidate other than Trump. You acknowledge that, right? It would be death. I mean, they, they would the media would just ignore them. They would say, you are no longer credible. We are no longer going to give you, uh, you know, legitimate coverage. Any coverage we do, all we're going to do is talk about the Muslim thing. So he's, right. he's, so he's as toxic as he can be. He's still able to go on Jimmy flipping Kimmel. He mm-hmm. gets asked one question about that, brushes it off. They move on. And then Jimmy Kimmel finishes <laughs> with this audio clip, which if the rest of the Republican field pulled all of their resources and said, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, can we give you this amount of money for you to do this? Kimmel would go, go screw yourself. Um, instead, Kimmel for free. <laughs> for free creates a children's book called Winners Aren't Losers. <laughs> you know, I actually thought Trump wrote this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> when so, I first heard about right, it. So here's Jimmy Kimmel reading to Donald Trump on the Jimmy Kimmel show on ABC, Winners Aren't Losers. Winners aren't losers. They're winners like me. A loser's a loser. Which one will you be? <laughs> Winners do deals and winners get rich while sad little losers just sit there and bitch. Could be a good seller. My daughter loves it. The dog is a loser and frankly I pity it. This dog did bad deals. This dog is an idiot. And poor Mr. Bear, he must feel like a loser valeting that 2006 PT Cruiser. This lobster's a loser. Throw him in the pot. I like a lobster who doesn't get caught. Those losers are failures who get nothing done. Just do what I do and you'll be number one. Now, here are some frogs I do not like at all. We must kick these frogs out and then build a wall. Oh, the places you'll go on your yacht, on your plane, with your suits from Milan and your wives from Ukraine. Oh, the buildings you'll build, oh, the wealth you'll amass, oh, the people around you all kissing your ass. There are two kinds of people. Which one will you be? A loser like them, would you like to finish? Or a winner? Like me. (laughs) Donald Trump, everybody. Uh, I mean, Leah. (laughs) I mean, that, you, you, you can't buy that. No. You, you cannot, especially with the timing. I mean, the timing could not have been more perfect. It mm-hmm. detoxifies him to the yep. mainstream news media after the Muslim thing. I, I, I mean, how for for Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, the, the joke there. First of all, it's funny. That that's that's always important because when it's funny, more people see it. It's more memorable. But not only is it funny, what's the message there? Donald uh, Trump is a winner. It's a winner. Yeah. D- Donald Trump is a winner. And that's all people take out of it is, oh, he's a winner, that Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, and, and people really only, when it comes to presidential candidates, 
People really only have mo- the people who decide elections here. All right, the morons. You know, you know, what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> uh, the people who decide elections have only space for three or four things to know about a candidate. I'm a big believer in this theory. With Trump, those three or four things are rich, yeah. celebrity, yeah. winner, strong. They probably also remember hot wife. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe he's a bit of a goofball. You know, may, maybe he's not that serious. That That's the worst that most people get in their brains. Now, now that's going to change if he's the nominee, because I guarantee number one's going to be, do I really want this guy's finger on the button? Is he a racist? Uh, you know, um, it, 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 does he have the credibility to be president? Uh, you know, is he going to fire me for my job? Because that's what he's famous for. But but right now, that's the perception that's been created. So how do you beat that? How do you possibly beat that when, in the perfect storm that's developing here, when you're one out of Take Cruz out of the equation because Cruz has already declared a ceasefire because he wants to be his buddy. So if you're one of the other eight candidates all fighting for morsels, how do you possibly come from behind down 30, maybe more points to this guy? How do you do that? How do you possibly do that when you can't get you? You could light yourself on fire. And the only thing that Jimmy Kimmel would talk about is. How did Donald Trump tweet about it? That's, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> Listen, the whole GOP debate is about Trump. In fact, the whole Democratic debate is about Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Okay. It's all Trump. But, okay, but he Trump is trying to test this theory I have and, and that he is it, – it's impossible to implode his 25 or 30 percent, which I now believe is is true – He's testing it as much as he possibly can. I mean, now he's even praising Vladimir Putin. I mean, I mean, this is insanity. Uh, he, he and I, I mean, and I think what's really interesting about it. How, how long is the clip we have of that of the Putin? Uh, Forty-eight. All right, let, let's play Trump on Joe Scarborough's show on MSNBC, uh, get basking in the praise of Vladimir Putin and giving it right back to him. Do you like Vladimir Putin's comments about you? Sure. When people call you brilliant, that's always good, especially when the person heads up Russia. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also as a person that kills journalists, political al- I mean, right. political opponents, and uh, invades countries. And invades countries. Obviously, uh, that uh, it would be a concern, would it not? He's running his country, and at least he's a leader. You know, unlike what we have in this country. No, but again, he kills journalists that don't agree with him. Well, I think uh, our country does plenty of killing also, Joe, so, you know. What, what a lot you, of, there's a lot of stupidity that? going on in the world right now, Joe. A lot of killing going on, a lot of stupidity, and uh, that's the way it is. But uh, you didn't ask me the question. You asked me a different question, so that's fine. <laughs> I mean, the weirdest part is I don't think it's going to hurt Trump. Nope. I, it may hurt him with a couple of people. I The, the number of people it's going to hurt him with is going to be very small among his supporters. Um, And in a weird way, getting back to the Jimmy Kimmel thing, in a weird way, it might even help him with some people because Putin is seen as 
strong. Correct. And so he's decisive. A, he's associating himself with strength. And that's the essence of his campaign. I will say on a more serious note, as if seriousness matters at all anymore, here's Trump's greatest personality flaw. It, you can be evil, and if you compliment Donald Trump, he likes you. I mean, seriously. That's <laughs> all, all you have to do. That's how big his ego is. Just compliment him, it, and all is forgiven. You're a good guy because you said yeah, that's things. right. That does drive me crazy. Oh, and it's going to get worse, folks. It's going to get worse. Hour three of the John and Leah show coming up next.